Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey! Uh-huh. What's up? What's the word? Uh-huh. Yo, yo, yo. It's your boy Cody Mackey in another episode of What's the Word? And I'm here in the studio here in DTLI chilling with the homie. Taylor Bennett. My What's dog. What's up, man? Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute, Cindy, since we did shit, huh? We ain't been no interview in a minute, huh? Yeah. man. I'm getting that. I need it. I need it. Yeah. So <laughs> this is actually going to be a good one. Because, yes. Uh, I feel like you're a person that got a lot to say. I do have a lot to say. <laughs> I'll just keep talking and shit. Of yeah. course, yeah. You have a lot to say. And the, shit that, and the things that you, that you say... Are, are great things. Like I've been Thank studying you, your man. interviews, and I've been like just seeing how you coming across. And then I just been peeping for you from afar from our conversations. Yeah. That's conversations you have for everybody else. Like Taylor is that guy. Thank so, you, man. man. I so, appreciate you, fam. Nah, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you walking through these doors and showing us love you doing, man. Thank you for having me, man. This is crazy, bro. Yeah. Y'all set up is next to none, bro. This shit is fire, bro. It's crazy. Oh, I appreciate you, man. Taylor, yeah. we out here working. We out here working. So. Usually for new artists, I'd be like, yo, for the audience that don't know nothing about you, who is such and such? But I mean, it's Taylor Bennett. So we know who Taylor Bennett is. Thank you, man. All right. So, but now, Taylor Bennett is on the press run. And I'm going to say now, I'm not going to say on yeah. the press run. I'm going to say Taylor Bennett is matured and transformed. Man, I appreciate that, man. So, we, a lot of people might know the old Taylor Bennett, the young Taylor Bennett, but who is this new guy sitting in front of us? <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, I appreciate that, yo, for sure, because for one, I've known you a long time, but I've also known for what's the word for a long time. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking to myself, especially walking here, like, there's so much growth, especially that I feel like happened during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, a big thing for me is, like, I got into fitness, like, I started working out a lot more, like, I changed mm-hmm. up my whole diet, like, I cut out red meat and uh, pork and a few other things like that. Mm-hmm. But then I have two children now, too. I got two sons. Uh, 
Charlie and Blake one and three. So it's like a lot has changed, but what I do feel like is, and this is something I was always as a kid focused on is like, don't lose the kid in yourself. Mm. So now it's like in a lot better shape, doing better in my business, have more resources to push my business, but I still got the same vision. You know what I'm saying? And that drive is just like even more. You know what I'm saying? I, I see it. I see it. I see the drive. I see the, how you moving. It's just, and it's just amazing. So we're going to go back down memory lane a little bit, right? Definitely. So our first few run-ins is, is, is crazy. And I'm going to send you these clips. Like, So the first time I met you, right? Yeah. You probably don't even remember, but I think we was at Law Cannon had a birthday party. Sheesh, that's how you know it's like, not Law Cannon, man. Law Cannon had a birthday party. It was like on t- something in Ash, like over there by what Law. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. yeah, and you was coming out. You had these two girls with you. You was coming out. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a long time. Ago. <laughs> this is a long, long, long time ago. Long, long time ago. I love it. No, so, yeah. And and one one of my sisters at the time, her name was Taylor. Shout out to Taylor. Oh, she was okay. one of my interns at the time. And Taylor was like, yo, yo, you got to get him on camera. That's, that's Taylor. That's Taylor Bennett. <laughs> so I went over, like, Taylor, you show hella love. You yo, it's Taylor Bennett. Shout out to What's the Word, rocking out. Boom. So that was the first time. Wow. Like, this guy's cool. The second time we met, it's crazy how we were just talking about what we was talking about before you get yeah. Me and you had a heated debate. I don't know if you remember. But you came to Power 92. And this was when I first started working up there. Yeah. And we was talking about Nicki Minaj. And what was he saying about Nicki Minaj? Was it Nicki and Cardi, or was it just Nicki? It was Nicki. And y'all was saying, like, I think this one, Nicki was dating Nas. Damn, that's crazy. I forgot. Wow, bro. Yeah. Totally and, forgot about that. And I'm like, yo, she not. I love you, Nicki. I'm like, man, she all right. And you like, man, this is Nicki Minaj. She bad. Like, we yeah, were going oh, back and forth about so, this. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely argue somebody over Nicki Minaj down for a show. Yeah. yeah, I love Nicki Minaj, man. Shout out to Nicki. Um. I like Nikki for a lot of reasons. I think that, you know, it's one thing. Her music is amazing and, you know, um, of course, the way that she looks, but, like, just her mind, like, the way that she thinks about stuff. Like, you know, she was, like, one of the first people to come do the remix with her um, on the Chirac joint and, like, just, like, hella, like, different shit that I feel like I've always really respected about her. She just kind of, she doesn't, there's no pack that she's a part of, but even if there was, like, Young Money or anything like that, like, she always strays away and figures out her own situation, man. Yeah, I rock with Nikki for sure. I got <laughs> Next time I interview y'all, I got to bring you some liquor. I got to get you a shot. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Because I've been watching each one of your interviews, and you have, it's like you have the answers down to the to the T, <laughs> to everything. Even how you just responded with the Nikki. We went from talking how sexy Nikki yeah. is to... Boom, boom. Like, I, that's why I like, I, I've been studying you, man. I'm, I'm going to catch you. Boy. You got to give me, catch me, bro. Because if anybody could do it, it's you. That's why I really wanted to do this interview, too, because you're you're a really good interviewer. Like, of course, you know, I like watch your interviews and almost everything. What's the word does? Um, but I've seen different interviews that you always kind of get out. Um, and it's not because you can pull out a lot of different things from different people. But what you pull out from people isn't so much of controversy but it's more of like you actually put questions on the table that they answer and you know that people want to hear you know what i'm saying and mm-hmm. like i like there's a there's a key to that you know what i'm saying y'all y'all hit it y'all hit this right y'all for <laughs> sure no like for real though like, y'all hit this right no. <laughs> now, man, see, look. See, look. Taylor gonna give you a trouble, though. Gonna give me a trouble. She's like, oh, that nigga is gonna beat me up in the parking lot. <laughs> no. no, but a lot of that stuff is due to my team, though. Team helps out with good questions. We have the good conversations about who we want to talk to. 
Definitely. And believe it or not, we talk about y'all last as y'all do shit in real time. And be like, yo, when we ever get, when we sit this person down, we're gonna have to go over this. A hundred percent. I love so, that, bro. Love um, that. but when it came to talking to you, it was like, yo, I seen like you did like hella interviews, and it's like in the past month. Right? Yeah. And it was like, yo, what is some... I'm thinking like, yo, what are some things that Taylor don't want? Like, Taylor hasn't touched on. Right? For sure. For like, sure. We, like, we can get into this shit with you and your brother. We can get into the music. We can get into you and you being a father. But yeah. it's just been dawning on me like, yo, what is some... hundred thousand times. That yeah. Taylor hasn't touched I know Cody got it. Look how he built this shit up. So, let me <laughs> ask you this, though. What are some questions are you tired of people asking you? Mm. Some questions that I'm tired of people asking me... Um, that's a good one. I feel like I get tired of people asking me what my creative process is. Mm. Because I feel like it's just kind of like, you know, I always feel like behind any question or like any conversation, like there's um, some kind of either negotiation or persuasion that's like occurring. So it's like you're trying to get something from this conversation. I'm trying to give you something. And a lot of times I feel like when people ask me what my uh, creation process is, it's just a thing where it's like, okay, even if I tell you this, and I think sometimes my fans probably want to hear it, but it's also just a thing where I'm like, what are you going to be able to do with this information? Like, so sometimes, and I feel like that's like a really basic, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so how do you make your music? Like, and it's like, I mean, I go to the studio, I do like, you know what I'm saying? I don't really have any other like pet peeves or things like that. That you know what I'm saying. So yeah, that's definitely one. <laughs> like for sure. So when you what you mean? What do you think people are gonna try to steal some of your secrets or something like that? Not even like stealing a sauce. It's just more of like a thing where it's like, why? Why is this a question? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes like because that's like a, the most repetitive question. Like it could be somebody that didn't even know they were gonna interview me, and they're like, oh, I gotta take a minute. So what's your creation process like around this project? And then it's like. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy. So yeah. you know what's crazy? I I thought that what was going to be the most question that you was tired of hearing is anything involving you and your brother. No, I don't. Nah, not that. And I'll tell you why. Because usually, and I'm sure you got different artists and friends that are in the industry and shit, and they'll tell you, just like how I was saying, there's like a basic question list, right? So like that's always been the one question that'll make like, even before I get there, people dive into who I am more. So, like, they see before I get there. And those are, like, you know, of course, that's a tip that somebody's going to put on, like, a cliff note. It's, like, you're interviewing this person, this person, this person. And then it's, like, one of these people is Chance the Rapper's brother. And then that person, as you know, an interviewer is, like, oh, who is this guy? Who is this kid? And I come in and they have, like, six more questions for me. Or I can expand the conversation from being, like, a typical, like we said, what's your creation process to be like, well, this is what it was like growing up. And because, you know, I'm also independent or I also come from Chicago or I also, so it's like a, not so much in interviews, I feel like, but more of maybe I think when it comes to streaming suggestions and things like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's where I think it can kind of become a thing where it's like, damn, like, I know that I'm his brother, but maybe this record doesn't match up to this record that much Spotify. Like, how did the algorithm get like that? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what? Like, what are you? What are some steps that you've taken to like? Um, I want to say, distance yourself and making your own name. Um, I think like the first thing was making my name Taylor Bennett, and it wasn't so much of a thing of. Uh, and shout out to Vic Lloyd, to Leaders 1354, shout out to Vic Sensei, Lloyd. Uh, <clears throat> Fat Tiger. 
You already know. Um, Vic Lloyd, he's the dude that told me in like Leaders 1354. I was just thinking about this shit the other day. He was like, my rap name used to be Shades of Grey. And it was like, I, 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 it was dope. Like, it was like, cause I was, you know, I'm kind of like a deeper artist and I do like poetry and kind of shit like that. But um, I was at Leaders one day and Vic was like, man, you should change your name. And I was like, well, what should I change it to? And he was like, you should just make it Taylor Bennett. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And he was like, just think about it. Like, all the great artists in Chicago, like, have their real names and their names. Or and he started going down the line of just Lupe Fiasco, Kanye West, like, Vic Mensa, like, just, like, hella different people. And eventually it kind of stuck with me. Um, but basically the reason why I said that in contrast of what you were saying with Chance is that I think the first thing that kind of helped me recognize that I wanted to dive deeper into who I am as a person was me being like, my name's going to be Taylor Bennett. You know what I'm saying? Because then it started making me strive more to see what does that sound like or what does that look like? You know what I'm saying? As like a person person. And then I think as I got older and older, the funny thing that I realized is that there's a lot of people that have like older brothers or younger sisters or Jaden Smith and Will Smith or whenever Jay-Z's kids get older, like, they'll have that relationship. But I think one thing that I realized is common is that a lot of people don't feel comfortable expressing themselves. And I think that I wouldn't have been able to have that, which ended up being the brand Be Yourself, without me understanding in my life how there was a distance or me not being able to really fit in or figure out where my space was to belong. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I... I... I wanted to, I wanted to, I want to start here and this is going to open up a whole other a whole other conversations because I love it. Uh the big day, right? Yeah. That album. Definitely. Chance had a record on there with you and him, Rue. Yeah. And Rue, how y'all broke it down, it's like the the basis of soup, like different soup and shit, right? Like like some old, I don't know. It's you like you have to ask Channel because if I say no, he's gonna hit me. <laughs> I'm getting the high ch- ch- shit. How he, I know. how he broke it down is like it's the foundation, right? It's the foundation, right. and and he said something in that interview, and he was saying like, "Yo, uh, before I got married, I had to get I had to get shit right with my brother." Yeah. And the interlude before the song was dude talking about like, "Yeah, go with my boys, like get my boys, yeah. get them doing together." Yeah. So right off the bat. I'm thinking in my head like, yo, <laughs> what was going on with Taylor building a chance before the before the marriage? Like, what was um, the friction? Why don't even say the friction because we brought this. Like, how what was the? It's relationship so crazy because like? I'm sure you got siblings, right? Yeah, y'all probably brother. argue so much you can't remember which one is which. So I'm trying to think. Um, I'm sure there was some kind of friction or uh, confrontation, but I think it was more of. Um, I don't know. I I honestly don't know exactly which which city that is, so I would hate to, like, misspeak on it. <laughs> um, but I'm pretty sure, like I said, there's always, you know, brothers, we clash heads. Um, but there was a lot throughout that period and that timing that me and my brother really got together because I came on after and started managing Chance after the big day was released. So it was like a thing where um, there was just, you know, when you work with family, there's, like, you have to get in, you have to get comfortable, you have to understand different processes and how people kind of work and, you know... Um, relationships is a big thing. You know what I'm saying? You have a relationship that's your partner or a relationship that's your business partner or a relationship with your family. And when you mix those things together, you still have to be respectful of both of those things. But at the same time, you have to figure out how to make them work for each other. You know what I'm saying? Like whether that's like, okay, I could call you at 12 a.m. at night because I know you're going to pick up or it's like, 
okay, I know that he's at church, so nobody call his phone or I'm going to go off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I get that. So as, as, as being the younger brother and then now being a manager and then in a business role, like what was some of the uh, – what were some of the moments where y'all like clashed, like um, like detailed, like yo? Um, I think that what's funny is that I don't clash with him so much because now he's my boss. So that's you know what I'm saying. So it's like you got the boss and you got the big brother thing. So it's like one thing where um, I think one thing that is helpful in the relationship of me managing Chance is that I am his brother. So there's a lot of times where you know whether it not be the direct staff, but just be organizations or partners that we're working with outside might not be as transparent with their clients. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm getting that, yo, what the fuck? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So I think that's beneficial um, for sure, you know. So y'all is a family business, right? Yeah, definitely. Because your dad is y'all chief of staff, right? Chief of staff and senior advisor. Senior advisor. Ken Bennett. Shout out Ken Bennett. And your dad was, him right now. Your dad was in politics, right? Yes, yes. Yes. And I could tell by the way you answer these goddamn questions. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, and, and that's real though. So yeah. the reason why I, I feel like that's dope because me and my brother, we got a strong relationship. And yes. just how you say he's tr- your brother's trusting you to manage this career, managing shit with brands. Like my brother was the same way when it comes. My brother started rapping. Like my first Jeez, introduction yeah. to music was my brother being a rapper. Oh, and yeah. He always trusts me with my ear. Like, he said, if I thought the shit was weak, he didn't put it out. If I thought it was wrong, he let everybody else hear because he just trusted me that much. Like, anything my brother do, like, he kind of, he runs it by me. He's a smart dude, man. (laughs) So, (laughs) I understand that dynamic. But I do also understand the dynamic when you talked about, like, yo, damn, it's like, like, you my big brother and we doing business, but it's like, bro, I'm a man, too. Exactly, 100%. So you can't talk to me in type exactly, of way. You can't 100%. do this type of way. So that's when I say, like, clash, like, what are those conversations like? Because obviously it don't, it don't fuck up shit because y'all still doing business together. 100%. But I would like to know, like, those conversations and then, like, how do y'all work through it? Because it's going to be people like me and other people around that's going to be having that same brother, you know, sibling dynamic kind of work. So that's what I want you to touch on. Yeah. I don't want you to be messy with this shit. But oh, I no, want you to, like, break no, it down. That makes sense. I like that a lot. Um... So I would say one thing that is really helpful for me as like an artist and being in the business as well is I'm an artist. So like I know, you know, the creative process and everybody's different like because I've worked with other artists as well. So like um, the most important thing for me, I think, was understanding and still understanding that, you know, one, he's at the helm of his organization. I work for him and work at his organization, but then also understanding that sometimes the things that I might see as creatively um, lucrative or genuine, he might not express the same, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. like opinion or satisfaction. So there's definitely been times, I think, where whether they're records of his or even him helping me with records of mine, that he might say, well, let's do this or let's do this. And I had to learn and understand, and that's something that my dad taught me as well, is um, when you're not at the helm of an organization, all you can really do is give suggestions and try to influence as much as possible and then also give your opinion on like you know the results of whatever you're doing but there's a certain point where you have to understand that you are not again at the helm of the organization um so when I first came on I think I had a lot of different ideas that I had built up of like different things that I thought we could do or things that we and we ended up doing like damn near like a majority of them but it was like certain things that I thought you know maybe but one thing that I do love about my brother and he's different than of course a lot of other artists is that he has very very good memory so um 
there's a lot of things that I might have even introduced in like the first quarter, like the first four months of us working and like maybe two months ago or three months ago, he's like, yo, you remember you said blah, blah, blah. Like, you know what I'm saying? And he's also good at understanding. And that's what I have to see too, because a lot of times whoever is at the helm, just like in my organization, I would think that I have a better understanding of what my vision is and what I want to see. So things that might make sense to, let's say my management or my PR that makes sense to them might not make sense to me or for that moment, but I could see how it can fit in later. You know what I'm saying? I get that. Yeah. Um, I had Baja up here. Yeah, that's my homie, man. And Shout was, out Baja. And we was talking, I was like, I feel like Taylor Bennett is probably um, probably one of the best music executives that we got in Chicago. Wow, thank you, man. I super appreciate <laughs> that, yo. Just the way, just how you talk, where you move, and how you think. And um, the whole thing, man, don't forget, independent. We fucking independent. You know what I'm saying? So and I think that's, you know... And I did want to come on here and talk about independence as well, because I think it's a big thing. Uh, you know, I've been seeing you, or I love how involved, like, what's the word is in terms of, like, what you guys report on. And I know there was a big thing where you guys talked about, like, drill music in New York and how they were treating it and if they should ban it off the airlines or whatever they thought their situation was. And I would say that it's awesome if they're thinking about doing that shit, I guess, for whoever their drill artists are. But I think, like, the drill artists in Chicago, they hold, like, a very valuable piece and staple of history um and i used to tell people this shit all the time when i was doing like interviews and they talk about chief keith and i'd say like you know chief keith was on cnn like you know what i'm saying like i don't know if you guys remember but there was a point in politics where people just started really comparing chicago to the middle east and i think that that whole thing kind of started when chief keith put out whichever video that was i don't remember specifically which one it was it might have been bang i don't know but then it started to rise this whole attention where people started looking at Chicago and started trying to compare and contrast. And we started really being in the news more and more and more, not even just from a perspective of how many bodies. Like I remember when I was in high school, there were a lot of newspapers and they'd be like 300 people died this summer. Like Kanye was out of line about it. But then once that happened, it transpired and it became something that was a lot more visual. And it was like, we're seeing that shit now. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I just wanted to say that I feel like we need to start really looking. And the reason why I'm even talking about this independence is because I'm a huge fan of Jay-Z, but one thing about Jay-Z, and I think that maybe he figured out how to do it for his folks, but I want to figure out how to do it for Chicago is that it's a lot of us that go sign these deals. Like, you know, Jimmy Iovine went to O-Block. That's like a notorious story and like knocked on Chief Keep's door and like gave him his contract when he was like 16. And, you know, I want to really start, I want us to start asking like, who are these motherfuckers? Why are they just coming in our neighborhoods? Why are they pushing this idea um, or these ideas that are killing us and fucking up our neighborhoods? And if y'all want to not go for their advances and y'all don't want that money, I know how to do that shit. I got the relationships. I know the people that want to connect with y'all and that I want to connect y'all to. And I've been doing this shit for a long time and I've never signed a deal. You know okay. what I'm saying? That was really important for me to say that shit on here. No, no, definitely. Mm -hmm. so I want that soundbite, but I got it now. This is my pushback to that. What is Taylor Bennett's ass, right? So we we talking, man. Taylor Bennett's ass, ass is. So let me tell y'all right ass. now, because this you is so. This is you want me to tell y'all right now? Zero percent. I'll show y'all. I will connect y'all. If y'all are, I'm not talking about. I know it's a lot of people that are inspiring. 
I'm talking about motherfuckers that have a decent size following right now mm -hmm. that need to get connected with the right people at United Masters or at TuneCore or at DistroKit or at Ditto. I know all the CEOs. I'm great friends with Steve Stout, Lee Parson, all of these folks. If you need to have conversation with DSPs, I'm good friends with Whitney Gill at Spotify, with David Ecker that runs the independence, with Walter at Apple, with Jason Capanna at Tidal. I know these people like the back of my hands. And... They want to work with y'all and y'all don't have to sign a deal that is going to continue to perpetuate a fucked up stereotype and y'all can make way more money. And I'm saying I'll do that shit for 0% and you know my Instagram and all that shit and y'all could at me right now. Right now. Dope as fuck, right? So now listen to me. I got I to gotta do the journalism here, right? And I got to ask these questions, right? So I'm a kid coming from the trenches. Yes. I have shit. Nothing. Taylor, nothing. Yes. I look at Taylor Bennett, Chance, his brother, dad, all this shit. These motherfuckers got pictures of Obama. They doing good. They living yes. good. Making millions. Yes. It's easy for him to say I can do that independent. Wrong. Wrong. Me, wrong I can't approach. do that shit. Wrong approach. Wrong approach. I'll tell you wrong approach. I can give you facts. I can give facts. Give me facts. Okay, come with it. Listen to where I'm coming from, right? Come with it. The information that you have, you have it. Yes. I don't. That's why I want to share it. That's why I'm saying. What's the word with Cody you coming from the trenches? And I'm saying, I'm. This is our neighborhood. Right, so this tell is West Stratton. You asked me. Check this out, Cody. You asked me when I was on the way here. Did I need security to get out the car? No. This is my whole neighborhood. I'm at What's the Word right now with Cody Mack because I'm trying to give the word to my people. You just saw I was on Sway. I just did Kelly Clarkson last week. I've been getting money because I. And the reason why I'm getting more money is because I'm independent. You get hey, what I'm saying? Pick that up one more time, Pop. Independent, <laughs> presidential, Rolex, bust down, messed yeah. it up, didn't, you know what I'm saying? Got it when I was 18. But I also want to say this to the kids that are in the trenches. A good friend of mine named Joseph KB signed NLE Chopper to United Masters. NLE Chopper was a kid from the trenches of Memphis. Mm -hmm. When he got signed to United Masters, he had one track that was going crazy. Mm -hmm. NLE Chopper now is in a whole different situation for his whole life and his whole career. There's a lot of other artists that are also in situations. Let's even talk about that. So let's dive into it on a deeper level real quick. Okay. I'm glad that you started off when you said I'm a kid from the trenches. Why did you say that? Because I'm speaking for, I'm speaking for the individuals that might not have that access. They don't even know that this exists. I'm thinking for the individuals that take the $15,000 production deal. We're not even talking about with the major. And then let me ask you so this, we, We're talking real shit, though. You this, know no, about no, production No, 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 But this is what I'm trying to say. The reason why I asked you that and the reason why you said a kid from the trenches, and I'm just going to say, is because I believe you think that's the category that rap is pushing for. It's pushing for kids from the trenches to yeah. sign. Yeah. They right? want them niggas to get Okay, I mean, so then let me ask them, you. No, they want them right. to get lit. You're 100%. You, you're, wait, say that again? They want them to get lit. So Why do they, they want them to so get lit? So they can lit. push that message that you were just talking about further. Like that whole message of genocide, the message of killing, the message of raping women, the weight, pills, drugs, alcohol. Let me ask you this question. Do you think that white kids either don't have the information or kids that have money don't have the information that I have to become independent? Because those other kids didn't become independent. And I grew up up the street from here. So like, you know, I got money now, but I did not have money back then. I'm from this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, but just to say again, do you think that those kids, if they had money, do you think that they have the education to do these things independently? Or do you think that they just can go get a doctor's job and they don't care about rap music because that's not their only means of survival? I feel that these kids are, I'm trying to add you said a lot of shit. So I'm going to scale back. I feel one part of that, I feel like these kids are broke than the motherfucker, right? So they're going to take any opportunity that comes their way. And when you say broke, you mean mentally? Do you mean 
Financially broke, brother. Financially, just financially, financially broke. Financially broke, but mentally they don't have the information. You, if you come from 79th, you, it, you, you know what's out there. And I was, I think the word city was anomaly. Like he an anomaly, right? Yeah, he. he I would definitely. Like yeah, I'm an anomaly. You know what I'm saying? I come from. I can tell you the neighborhood I come from because I don't, you know, you know what I'm saying, street shit. But where I come from, you know what I'm saying? I'm an anomaly. A lot of my guys is dead, dead in jail. Some of them successful rappers right now. Some of the biggest rappers in the game. You know what I'm saying? Um, but the way I move and the way I think, I always been different. I I saw information. You know what I mean? I don't take. I would when I had my little homies before they took deals <coughs> in these past four years. I told them like, yo, I wouldn't take that deal. Now I got a little homie right now, mad as fuck at his label because he took a bogus deal up front because right. he didn't have the information. And he was fucked up. Like, his, he needed that bread. And you 100%. know, coming from 79th, bro, you know it be situations with your guys. Like, bro, But let's say this. And, but look, can we just even do this? Because we talk about 79th. Let's just talk about generational wealth. So it don't matter if you're from 79th or if you're from Memphis or you're from anywhere. you from the hood. If you're black America. I'm getting that. Fuck even black America. If you are black, if you are a descendant of a slave that was brought here on a slave ship, you are at a disadvantage versus other people that live here. Period. I'm with you on that. Period. Right? Right. So let's expand that idea and let's not just say that it's just you and your guys on 79th that need a deal and they're willing to do anything that they have to to make that money. Let's expand it and say that every black kid in America that comes from a low income family is willing to do the same shit okay okay so that's why and that's what i'm saying is that my question is do you think those low-income families and those low-income children are willing to do or cause or promote more genocide than a white kid that has the possibility of going to school and being adopted if it's gonna get them out of poverty yeah well regardless i'm I'm getting that that these white kids don't care about hip hop because they live in a world that they don't need yeah, that they to don't survive. Need this shit. So I do believe again that hip hop is primarily focused at those kids that are in the trenches, correct? Right. However, there's music and artists that create crossover music. I would say that my brother and I are damn near some of those people. But then again, there's also other artists that get to a height and they perpetuate a stereotype that does exist in their own communities, but also that other people that are not from our communities support. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, if you become a major superstar and you're rapping about something that is true to you and to your lifestyle, and we start to promote it to crowds of millions and millions of people, those people also believe that that idea is real. And I think that is a big part of hip hop music and racism and how they work in tandem. You get what I'm saying? Like, they promote this shit to us. We buy that shit because we're not just trying to fuck trying to be cool and trying to be... We're trying to get rich now. And I think that that's changed in the last 30 years. It wasn't like that. You could watch Heavy D on TV and you could say, yeah, maybe I'll go sell dope so I could kind of look cool like him. But you didn't think you could be him from selling dope. But now you can. If you go kill somebody, you could do that. I saw... Shout out to Dex Millions. Uh, He made a tweet where he said that the A&Rs, it's more important to go viral than it is to make good music. And Thanks. because of that, everybody, and I've been saying this, technology and music work together. You get what I'm saying? So it's like the music business. So the music industry is music and technology meeting. The music business is figuring out as the people that monetize the music, how to properly monetize it to the people before you release it. So, you know, there's 80 iPods that we ain't going to see because they're not ready to figure out how they make the most money off of it. You get what I'm saying? So I get everything you said, right? 
So my thing is go goes back to my original questions we talk about because I like to I like to present solutions and plans. So yes. you got all this information, you got yes. the resources, you name drop everybody you know. Yes. How does and we just gonna talk about the crib? Yes. How does an any city kid from the crib? Yes. That don't have those resources. Yes. That I just dropped this video talking about fuck the option. That shit just got three hundred thousand views. You know what I'm saying? I got all the guns. Video, all this shit. That shit got 300,000 views. Right. Labels knocking at my door. Yo, I get you. Here go 20,000 just to get you lit. Production budget, production deal. This is 100%, 100%. How do you, how do you, what do you suggest to them to turn down that, to lock themselves in that? My suggestion. To get independent. Wait out to get independent. If I'm, like, my question is, if I'm fucked up, Yes. I'm living in so I'm literally asking you this. So check this out. First of all, and this every every rapper can almost attest to this. So if the label's knocking at your door, you've already recorded a music video or you have a song that is out that is receiving streams, which means that you also are getting introduced to not, let's just say it, like DTLR might send you some free shit. Like people are sending you different clothes, you're meeting different folks, but maybe you're not making the money. And I I'm remember there was a point that my brother said this to me, and that's when I went out and I found exactly what I'm about to tell them to do next. I found a self-distribution platform that was online that I only had to pay $10 for. And the name of that one was TuneCore. This was in 2014. Because I was doing shows, but I wasn't making nearly as much money as Chance, and I was getting that, yo, I need you to try to help me out with this. And at one point, he was like, nah, you need to figure out how to make money off yourself. I think that's a big problem that you have you got to figure it out the way that i figured it out was i put broad shoulders out on tune in 2014 for ten dollars per month now there's united masters and all other kinds of services that they could use so my advice to you would be whatever single that you have that you put out if you didn't already put it out on united masters which i think they probably did if it's a label that's knocking at the door go to united masters use united masters once your song starts trending or once your song is doing whatever kind of numbers you feel comfortable with reach out to united masters on social media and on email with what you have put out and say i want you guys to help me out united masters offers deals that have 15% all the way up to 20% to help you with label resources and things like that once you hit a certain jurisdiction or whatever you need to touch. But I think the biggest thing is we watch a lot of YouTube. Let's keep watching YouTube, but also research on how these things can help us make money. Do you Mm -hmm. get what I'm saying? So a big thing, again, about independence is once you get a royalty check, your royalty check is coming in monthly. Imagine that. That creates a stability that a lot of folks damn near get from their jobs. If you got a song that's doing 100,000 streams a month, you're getting like $3,000 from all from multiple services. Everything you saying to a person like me, I get. Right. A person that me that hustled my whole life, I know how to I will, I know how to play the ink. I play the ink game. You know what I'm saying? I know how to play the ink right. game. Right. See, when you say you want a 0% ask, and this is what goes into business, yeah. all the information you got, I don't think... A lot of kids don't have that hustle like you have. Or I don't believe it. And that's what... And Cody, I, Cody, I I'm going to tell you. It. And I know you don't believe it, but I'm going to tell you, you got to stop that shit, man. I don't you believe You got to stop that shit. Let me day. tell these niggas, let me just say what's it. good. It's, this is the whole thing, bro. Everybody not going to be a Michael Jordan all-star or a player. But the truth is, our kids are way way more brilliant and smarter than we give them credit for. And if we judge them by the system, like, check me out, I had an IEP, so I had a learning disability. 
Like if my parents had crossed me out or judged me or if I wasn't able to get the kind of help that I needed based off of that, like my dad, better yet, let's do that. My dad is dyslexic and he has a learning disability. My dad put a black president in the White House. When my dad was a kid, just like me, we was getting in hella trouble. People was like, you're never going to do this. You're never going to go nowhere. You're never going to. And I'm just saying that what I believe really made the difference. And I'm going to just tell you, you got a family that love you, too. I definitely got a family that love me. Somebody in your family loves you. And they told you that you was going to be something important one day. That's the only difference between you and any other motherfucker that's walking out here on 87th right now. A lot of them kids, ain't nobody telling them that shit. Ain't nobody saying that you could become. And again, I love Jay-Z, but a big problem of mine is that throughout his journey, all I could understand is how rich he was. And I never got to figure out until I became independent and I went down the strategy of passing out mixtapes and going and hustling on T-shirts and blah, blah, blah. Then I found out, oh, this nigga had a joint venture. Oh, this nigga did this. He did that. But you're right. The average kid don't look for that shit. So that's why I'm coming to What's the Word, where primarily or in other places, they might just talk about hip hop. So maybe one of them kids see this shit and they get that, let me go look at what United Masters is because I am a fucking millionaire. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I feel you too on the idea that people don't want to see that shit. But the truth is, bro, they, they want that. They want that more than anything. And to go back on the shit that I was saying earlier, I do believe that it's people in this world that believe that us kids in Chicago would rather be in living rooms, shirtless, with guns off, doing whatever we're doing, than have the opportunities that they have. And the thing that conceptualizes it or confirms that is when they go to a concert and they're seeing what they think they're seeing in videos and what's promoted to them as propaganda on news stations and TV shows, and they feel like we're enjoying that shit. So I will also say to the biggest question, the first thing you asked me, I probably wouldn't be trying to do no business with nobody that's getting that 20, 50 polls in the video. I got homies. You remember Lil Money? This is our neighborhood. He dead. He yeah, fucking gone. That nigga got killed right there. They took my boy right there. Yeah. He came to me and when he first came to me, his shit was looking and sounding all different. I'm getting that. I can't. How can I sell this? People want to know how me and Chano keep selling this shit. We don't have a bunch of guns and Dracos and stupid shit in the videos. You don't need that shit in the videos. If you putting that shit in the videos, it's because you're trying to go viral. And that's what I'm saying. Anybody could go viral. That's the biggest trick right there is they're going to get every single nigga they can to go outside and try to do some shit and lock his ass up. Off rip. Off rip. They got 50. You got 50,000 views. They got 100,000 niggas. You we we on the same agreements, right? A hundred. My thing is, is that, and I keep going back to this. Is like, and it's probably I don't even think it's just something for me and you to fix, right? But I think based on what the access to what you got and what you got going on, that's why I say I think you would be the best executive. You might be what you know what I'm saying. What the rag need? Um, I don't think either you going either you should do some type of non for profit agency that you do that you teach this shit. And that you walk people through these classes and like how we give like, like how we, my thought, my thought process and my brain be all over there. But like, if, like how we give these grants, how the city give these grants, these artists, individual artists grants. I think it should be some type of liaison that half these artists ain't going to be able to fill that shit out. But if it's somebody that can do that for them and give them grants to help them fund their career, help them stay out the streets, it's to help them not do dumb shit. I think that the way you going with the independent shit will help. But if you just telling me to go research this shit, to go do this shit, 
Man, I'm but that's what I'm getting I'm at. Not, you, but I'm, look, I'm, look, look, look. That's what I, that's what I'm trying to get at, and that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm a hustler. Like, I'm a nigga that be out, has been out here in these streets, still out here in these streets since I was a kid, moving anything and everything that I could. And I'm getting that if we talking about money, that's the only thing when I was a kid that I cared about. You could say 50,000 things to me, but if it didn't add up to more money when I laid my head down, then I'm not bothered with it. I don't give a fuck about it. So I'm saying, fuck a grant. Fuck sitting through, like you said, the most rappers and kids can't sign out that liaison. Fuck that. I'm telling y'all right now from What's the Word TV to just go look up United Masters because I know that it's a bunch of y'all out there that want to make some music. I can't explain everything to you, but I can tell you how to distribute your song and make more money next month than you did this month. And that's better than whatever radio ad, commercial, weight loss shit that you've seen today. This is a real thing. You get what I'm saying? All I could do is give I, you my word on it. I and the you. only thing, other thing that I could do is live as an example. So that's why I keep doing this shit. I'm getting fucking money. I've been getting money. We've been getting money. I don't sign a deal. I don't have no white niggas in no suits that's telling me to do this, to do that, to do whatever. Y'all, I will sit on a fucking magazine cover and my tidy whities with rainbow colors on it. Like, I could do anything. You get what I'm saying? So I'm getting that. Go get your money. You know what I'm saying? United Masters, TuneCore. That's the fucking key. If you want to put your music, just so y'all know what it is, too. If you want to put your music on iTunes or on Tidal or on Spotify or on Apple Music, 100% for free without any credit card transaction. And that's a big thing United Masters did because a lot of kids that want to distribute their music don't have bank accounts. You don't need a bank account. You could give 10% of a project that might not make no money away, and they'll let you put it out for free, period. You know what I'm saying? Like, Okay. That's even because a lot of people, you might go to the liaison shit, they might be like, what's your, like, what's your account information, or what's your address, or what's your, I'm, I'm getting that. So I think, like I said, I think it's, we still missing the middle ground. Honey. What you're saying is, is true, right? So but what I'm going to do is, and then we, what we're going to have to do is one of these days, we link gonna, up. We're going to link up and we're going to go, me and you are going to go deep in it. We're going to yes. go into the hood. We're going to find the shorties. We gonna, I'm going to grab some of my little homies that I Now that you're I really talking about doing some, right. some real shit right and now. We, and what we're going to do is listen, right? Because you got your POV and you you got yours and I got mine. Right. You know what I'm saying? We're, happy birthday, Michael Max. But that's the same thing with Michael Max and Mark. We both have they have point of views, but they got the one common goal in mind. 100%. So but what we're going to do is we're going to go listen to the people, right? 100%. You know what I'm saying? And then we're going to see, like, we're not going to compare who, 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 routes, yes. but we're going to see how we can both help these people. Because I, I feel that. I feel what you're saying, but I feel like it's a middle, it's a missing step. Because I'm telling you, I just know... I wish I could. I'm gonna tell you off camera because it's a it's a kid when he get out of jail next month. I want I want to tap you in. Yeah. Coming out the next guy coming out of Chicago, but he locked up right now. Right. But the conversations that me and him have, he like, yo, bro, I need money to make this shit work. I got all the connections in the world. I got the songs of some of the hottest dudes in the game. But for one, I'm not doing favors. He had deals on the table. People trying to throw him deals. So let me add, deals. Yeah, keep going. Keep yeah, he, he had the deals on the table. Because this is going to be the deepest shit that we're going to say throughout this whole But he's on that, the same shit you saying and how you moving. That's why I want you to I want you to connect with him because he want, he's, his mind is to be a boss. He don't want to sign to another another guy. He wants to do it independently or he want to do it in a way where he has control and the rights of ownership of his music and how he put it out in creativity. So he's... You know what I'm saying? An anomaly. Because this rest of his guys don't think like that. People right. around him don't think like that. He thinks different, but he need deep in the trenches. Hence why he's in jail right now. Yeah. Um, but his whole thing is, bro, if I want to move the way I move, I got to get some money. 
So let me ask you. So this this where I said this shit gonna get deep. Did does he need money for the music videos? He needs money for the lifestyle. He not even the song. His lifestyle, his clothes, how he want to look. He got to, you know I'm saying? He got to want to pay bills, his girl, his family. Like, he got people he got to eat. I say that shit, man. And y'all got to go listen to my new project, Coming of Age by Taylor Bennett, because it's one of the best projects I'm getting that just, and I'll say it's me, one of the best projects ever. Like, it's about positivity. It's about working out. It's about pushing your mental health forward. It's about a lot of different things. And it's not just in a box. Like, it, the purpose of it is to explore, Right. I had to realize some shit, man. Like, if that's what folks in the music for, like for the lifestyle, for the fashion, for the I wouldn't say lifestyle and the fashion. He just if you ever come, we come from a situation where it's like, yo, we we from Chicago. Chicago is a is a, a high key fashion city. No matter if you from north side, west side, like that. Like, if you got the bogus shoes on when you come to the lunchroom, you getting gunned. If your clothes ain't right, you're like, bro, you, if niggas just don't want like to be fresh. You're breaking that shit down for me so crazy. That's what is damn near wrong with hip hop right now. Like, people done incorporated the idea of being fresh and the first day of sh- school and a lot of other things, and it's damn near toxified music. Like, it was a point, and I'm talking about before rap music. So let's just talk about, like, Marvin Gaye, like, Diana Ross, Smokey Robinson, Barry Gordy, Aretha Franklin, Chess Records, like, all these different folks that were creating music for black people that had a message in it that was deeper than anything else that was going on. I'll give you an example. Dancing in the streets. You know Dancing in the Streets, right? That's all. clearly not about dancing in the streets. It's about all the boys and girls around the world dancing in the street, coming together, because it was about civil rights and a revolution, right? Mm -hmm. Marvin Gaye, what's going on? That song is not just about what's going on. It's literally what's going on, what is happening, right? We came here as slaves, and you have to do the research, but when you go see movies, like the first film that was ever made in America, A Birth of a New Nation, or A Birth of a Nation by D.W. Griffith, you see the stereotypes that white people have been perpetuating of us, and then if you watch music videos to this day, you can see similarities of those things that they suggested amongst or about us, right? So what I'm getting at really is I'm saying that in a lot of music, I'm realizing, especially with hip-hop, that because there is an industry that is surrounding with such a heavy way, it's more important, and we already said this, and that's why this interview is so great, that rap, black youth are more important or more focused on advances than any other genre of music, than rock and roll, than any of these places, and the incentives and the things that they're doing to get these record deals that they are paying us for Mm-hmm. are one destroying us in terms of the things we're willing to do to go viral to get famous but then even if you do get famous like we said you got 50,000 views I got 100,000 niggas in jail or I got 20,000 niggas dead like I'm getting that that the genre that we're using and what we're promoting it it hurts me because I love to make music and I'm also saying that overall to say I was in a It's a like the world is a scary ass place, bro. Like Michael Jackson had a lot of songs that talked about like the man in the mirror and shit like that, and thinking about how much we have and how much we want versus what we actually need. Mm-hmm. And I think it is an issue, even to myself. I think about this shit all the time where I could be driving or going somewhere and I got on a whatever, how many 
thousands of dollars, Rolex and whatever else, and I'll drive past a homeless person. And the thing about being homeless and being rich and the systematic structure that we live in is that it makes us feel as if we are in control. And the reason why that person is homeless is because they made a decision to be in that space. And if they wanted to just get up and go get a job, just like kind of what you're saying, I'm saying about teaching young kids about independence, they could just get up and go do that shit. But the truth is they can't because it's a government that is oppressing them in a situation and has limited them to be in that space. You get what I'm saying? So like sometimes what I've been thinking about a lot is that rap over perpetuates the idea of us needing things more than others, whether that be you being a rapper and like you said, getting out of jail and being like, I need to live by these means and I need to have a deal and I don't care what is going to really take away from my career or from the trajectory of where I could go. I need this for right now in the moment and not even so much for the lifestyle of myself, but because I understand that I'm entering an industry that this is how people feel I should look. You get what I'm saying? All the way versus that dude doing that shit, becoming famous, and then a kid on the first day of school, like you said, being like, damn, my shoes are bummy. Now I feel bad. I'm going to go sell some drugs or I'm going to go rob somebody for him because not only is that what my favorite rapper says to do, but he also is fresh and I also need money. And that's my mentality. You get what I'm saying? No, I get what you're saying. What you And and I think we, I think at this point, it's like when Hov said, um, we done kneeling. I think at this point, we done pointing out because what you're saying is true. We know it's systematic. We, we, we know what's going on. We know how they think, right? And I guess what I'm trying to, trying to convey to you is, is that Information and motivation is two different things, right? A hundred percent. So listen to me, right? Hundred percent. So when I'm in, when in the, when it's the pandemic or when I'm in the trenches and I'm in the drought, information is cool, but I need motivation to get up. I need that. Sheesh! Wow, so I need that's motivation. scary. That's I'm gonna just let you know that's scary. That's how they think. That's that's. What I don't I, think that's how people think. Why you think? Gigi? Information is motivating. If you was locked into some shit and motherfuckers was getting that, you can't get out of here. And somebody dropped in a little information guy. That shit motivated. I ain't trying to when I when I mean like this, boy. I ain't really trying to hit because the way you present in the information makes it motivation, right? So, out boy, it's a way you could come off and then being preachy. So no one wants to hear no one being preachy, right? The shorties don't want to hear that shit. They want to. They want to. They want to. Ooh, you so wrong on that. They don't. You so wrong on that. So you telling me? No, this is it. Data, and that's why I just said this to you, and I want you to really hear what I'm saying. I listen to you. The only thing when I was a kid that I cared about was money. I didn't give a fuck what the preacher said. I didn't give a fuck what nobody else said. But I did care about one person, and that's what I'm trying to say. There's two figures in our communities that have money: dope dealers and rappers. So if the nigga is a rapper, they gonna listen. I have kids listen to me all the time, and they damn near don't even know who I am, but they getting that thing is famous, has money, and it's not enough of us that are That's free. Check me out. Let me say what I'm saying. Let me check me out what I'm saying. It's not enough because like me and my brother that are free and can come on, just decide to do what's the word with Cody Mack and drop gems. Niggas is in deals. Niggas are slaves. Facts. Do you get what I'm saying? So, like, it's one of those things where this is a rarity where I have so much love for not just the community of Chicago, but hip-hop. And we, as a people, have so much love that there's a fucking what's the word. Like, we have this. They don't, like, you could look in New York and look at L.A. and look at all these places. But the truth about it is that that shit not really organic. That shit not really felt. 
And this shit is felt. And like, that's what I'm saying. I understand the importance of not just speaking on Sway or Vlad TV or whatever the fuck that shit is. Because the truth is, they are, are already at a level. They can't, they can't touch this. What you got going on here, they can't touch this shit. I'm for real. Like, and like, I'm just, I, because you are here and because I am here, I believe that God has made this a fucking situation where you right, we are going to go do a bunch of shit for the kids. You are right. It all, it is fuckers that's out there that's not motivated. I feel you. But you know what? I had to tell my pops this shit. It's the same thing about working out because it's about discipline. I didn't know how to work out. I didn't know how important my health was. I was ignorant to it. They make us ignorant to health. They make us ignorant to success. They make us ignorant to school. They make us ignorant to all of that shit. I broke through that shit. I'm on the other side of that shit. I'm getting out. What the fuck? Y'all bogus as hell. This is what I think you need to say. This is, this is exactly why I, I think you need to sign people, bro. I get you not wanting to ask, and I think you want to do 0%, but this is, you know why I say this? I do sign people, but there's a difference between... They need to be... Them, 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 like, when you speaking that shit at Soho House with uh, Rico and them, right? Rico them, yes. Well, I, I, know, I know Rico. I know where, where Rico come from. You know I'm getting that. Do you know that me and Rico... Are getting that? I've known that nigga since I was a kid. Like that's my boy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like so, and that's what I'm, bro. I just go ahead. Though. That's what I'm saying. Like so, <laughs> seeing the, the type of guy he is, where he in the area where he come from, and artists, artists just like him. Like I feel like it's a lot of artists. If you can get your hands on, but when they get that buzz, before the rest of these little production companies and these managers get around, if you can bring, I don't want to say no names. We could talk about them off camera, right? But if you could have got gotten your hands to him, management situations and just did business with him, like, yo, look, I'm gonna put this up because I know you this. Once we make this back and recoup, I'm gonna get this and you do that. You know what I mean? It's ways you can go about doing that, but I feel like you telling somebody to go you tell them to go do it on their own and stuff like that, it's going you're gonna tell that shit to a hundred people, and only two of them probably might go do it. I'm getting that me and Rico <laughs> already got some shit going right now. And I mean, I'm, not even, I'm not even just But no, but I'm just him. saying, like, I want you to see, like, how open I am to this shit. It's, yeah. it's not even a thing where it's, like, for 0%. <laughs> and you can ask them that shit. And what I'm trying to say is, like, I'm seeing a system that's bigger than hip-hop and worth more than money. I'm seeing how these motherfuckers have used us to perpetuate mass incarceration and school-to-prison pipelines from here. I'm going to even point some shit out that's more important. Before we was talking about drilling, we was talking about hustling. And when we was talking about hustling, that shit was born in L.A. And everybody talked about dope dealing in L.A., Easy e a lot of other niggas. It went all the way to Jeezy to trapping. And then drill became a thing. Where did drill pop off? In Chicago. Where was that? The murder capital. Who did they sign? Chief Keith, Cozart, the nigga that you already know was affiliated with this and that. Did they not perpetuate drill outside of Chicago? Has it not become the number one new gangster rap? Yes. Why? Because it's a fucking plan. Them niggas gonna kill me in the parking lot <laughs> if I keep talking like this. No, but man, I'm just getting what, that. Like, I mean, it's on Michael. I, it I, is that. Though. I think it this, really is that. I think this interview we didn't touch on none of the other shit that I had in these notes. <laughs> there we go. We'll have to come back six times. <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's needed. And I think it's just the spirit of, you know what I'm saying, Brother Sebastian. You know what I'm saying? It's Malcolm X's birthday today, so I think it's the spirit of that. You know what I mean? Happy birthday, Malcolm X, man. So, you know what I mean? But I think, I ain't going to say I think, but I know 
like what you're saying is I know their drill music, I know the genocide that they puppet with this shit. I'm against it all the time, even with our platform. We don't we don't post shit with guns. Like when FBG Duck came out with Slide, it took everything in me not to promote that record. Cause I oh. fuck with that heavy that record yeah. heavy. But the video is just it had too many pistols in it. Yeah. So we don't promote that shit. I mean, I think his people, I think he got mad. Like, bro, y'all don't even support my shit. It's like, bro, and I reached out for an interview, but it's like, gee, I can't promote that shit, bro. I'll be, I wouldn't be the person who I am if I'm out there letting people with guns don't be on my platform. Right. I nah, have to turn 100%. down some bread for, for for the platform. Somebody paid for advertising. I'm like, nah, gee, y'all got y'all got guns. I'm sending, I sent y'all money back. Like, I don't do it. Like, I don't do that shit. You know and saying? I'm telling you, you also probably taught them niggas a lesson. They probably for the next year was like, maybe we shouldn't put no guns in this shit. Some of them do. Sometimes it do, and that's what I'm saying. Like that's a big thing, and motherfuckers got to stand on what they believe in and what they represent because behind everything, again, that we do, no matter if you're an athlete or an actor or a musician, it's communities, and we could all get rich. Like we could all get super duper fucking rich. I'm watching a lot of people around me that I don't have no conversations with making money and elevating and going to be at some space and some height. And a big reason for that is that there is no industry in Chicago how there is in Atlanta, New York, and L.A. There's a lot of people that have deals, but there's not too many labels that are very successful that have already come here. But they definitely will start coming here once they realize how I think they already starting to that people will do tourist attractions here and fucking shit like that. You just spoke on the label shit. So how do you feel about the uh, the just the finesse? And this this shit this, this might get you killed. You fuck up somebody's money. So answer this very uh, lightly. Um, the finesse that Chicago coat gatekeepers be doing to artists, like you know, like that shit can't get me killed. <laughs> like I told <laughs> you, I already crossed. <laughs> to the, I left them niggas back there. So it's a it's a lot of it's. A, it's a lot of hate and a lot of animosity. When you say gatekeepers, do you mean like in terms of like gangs? Or you mean in terms of like the management and shit? Because I've heard it from both ways where they the like, man, like I, I look at it. I don't, I don't give a fuck. Gangs can't do shit to me. But I'm talking about like you said the, the managers. I'm talking about like uh, <laughs> the people that's. Uh, I mean, Allah got me. God got me. You talking about like the nobody. dudes that are that are A and R's and yeah, the fake A and R's, the managers, the promo guys, those guys that take these artists' money that. That say I can do this, that can do that, but really can't. But then be having resources, but they don't want to give it to the artist unless they got a piece of the pie. Yeah. Um, I would say that that shit is another ex- example of why you should say, fuck that shit. And you should go to United Masters because these niggas be playing games. I done seen a lot of, but it's also like a thing too, man, where you got to understand it's like, again, like. It's just, it's a fact that in the industry, if you walk into a room and you don't look the same skin tone as other motherfuckers, they're going to talk to you differently. And it's nothing that you could really do besides stand on your business and know as much as you possibly can about the information that you're presenting or asking to receive that could help you with that scenario. But these be black motherfuckers, though. That's what I'm saying. And what I'm also getting to at that point is that the truth about it is that a lot of these black people... Because, and it's a big thing, like, let's talk about it. There's a lot of companies that are huge, and I won't say their specific names, but they're owned by white people, and when you go there, you have a meeting with black people filling the room. Or when they show the entertainment television, it's a bunch of black people that's on the the show, right? Mm -hmm. But we know behind the scenes, it's a white person that's owning the business. A lot of times, it's like that, and I've had that happen to me at agencies, and I'll just say it, like, straight up, I don't care what race what sex you are, it doesn't matter to me. I'm good with everybody, but you got to work. So if you come in and I feel like you're not pro, you're not um, 
providing me enough work as everyone else is. And I feel like there's any other reason, like just because you're black, you're here. And I feel like that a lot. And that's what I'm getting to is there's certain companies or a lot of companies that do have people that work for them. that don't have the highest connections primarily because they can talk to black people for the labels. You get what I'm saying? Because it's almost like a translating thing. And a lot of those black people that have those positions do talk to people with a finesse because their goal is not to make that artist happy. They work for the fucking label or the company. And they get to have a lot of friends, sign people to different deals, and then they became A&Rs at those labels. And the whole thing about it is that labels understand that everybody is looking for dependency on something. So if you have, let's say, you bandwagon with this fucking artist and did all this work for five years, now you have the opportunity because they signed a deal to become a paid on a paid salary where every week you get this check and this check and this check, you might do that shit because you're getting that, this kid doesn't pay me on time or I always have to wait, like blah, blah, blah. Or maybe you just don't believe that that person is going to be the hardest artist forever and you want to go find more artists and you want to create some kind of stability through that, right? So a lot of people want to be dependent on shit and that's a big thing about the labels and where people fuck up independence is that independence is something that matters all the time. There's people that have jobs that do things that go against their morals and beliefs every day for money. And it's the same thing. It's not any weak-minded shit. It's motherfuckers getting that, I know how to get paid off this shit. Like, I know. And then it's also the ignorance that I think a lot of us have that money can in some way protect us even from the things that we've done. So this is what I promote, but I don't want my kids listening to this music. It don't work like that. A lot of that shit going on. So what do you feel like is going to help... move to Chicago, uh, help build the Chicago music industry? I think independence, I think there's a strong um, art culture that has always existed in Chicago. Um, I think that throughout the last few years, because there has been different artists making money, the city has began to become a little bit less segregated. So you see different events on the north side and in these different places because now there's money in that different, you know, um, so, I mean, I think Chicago continued to progress. I think independence is really the key, though. I think a lot of different artists here will start to lean um, on independence, you know. And I've been seeing a lot of different artists do it in different ways in different spaces. So Okay. So now I want to talk to you about some other few things before I get you out of here. Yes, right? sir. All right. So you, music with you, right? Because we didn't talk to independence. We didn't talk about getting this money. We didn't get to hear discussion debate, and I love it. That's gonna make for good content. I love it. Um, I want to talk to you about the music that you that you decided to put out. So you describe it as taking curator risks, right? Yeah. Um, I want to say it's you give emo, it's pop, and you give it rap. Like you, you give us everything. On, yeah. On cover the base album, right? Definitely. Yeah. What is stopping Taylor Bennett? from giving us a traditional rap album. Because the shit that you would send me, it'd be like, gee, you will never release this shit. Like, like you done sent me shit over the years. I'm like, bro, why? I'm just like, damn, wasn't it? Because I had Baja on the show, and we yeah. was talking about it, and she, I was like, yo, she couldn't answer the question. But I was like, yo, to me, if I had to put them up against each other, to me, I feel like Taylor Bennett is a better rapper, bar from bar, than Chance the Rapper, than his brother. <laughs> and she was like, no, I can't say none of this my bros. I'm like, yo, Taylor got that shit. Um, like, Taylor don't like putting that shit out there. Well, you know, I think it's a big, the big thing is like, I feel like every artist has a responsibility to their community. And I feel like, you know, I have a lot of, like, I love rap, you know, um, 
but I also came to find like I have a deeper purpose for creating music and the abilities that I can touch people with. So like a big thing for me is like as much as I love like hip hop music and rap music growing up and living in this exact neighborhood, um, I used to be skateboarding around with my iPod headphones on and I'm listening to Madden Kim or Hey There Delilah by the Plain White Tees or a lot of this music that would temporarily take me out of the environment that I was in. And then it also, that same music and those different artists introduced me before I ever met them to different groups and communities of people and helped me ex- like expound on myself and explore myself. And I feel like a lot of times they want not just black people to listen to hip hop, but they want us to all stay in our nooks and in our niches. And I felt like it was a thing where I do think I have a great voice. Like I do think that if I wanted to, I could make pop music or I could make emo music or I could make scene music or whatever that be. And I'm independent. So, you know, why not try that shit? Do it all. I'm saying and do it all. And then also, again, the project, I feel like it was something that my fans and the world needed now more than they needed to hear me go in with the bars where it's like there's so much music that's like perpetuating some negative ass shit. And it's like growing up, I always had Kanye West or Kid Cudi or Big Sean and different folks that were straying away from whatever I was seeing that really helped me open up that world to become who I am. And that's just so important. So I I really felt like I had to put that out. But it's crazy because the Tay-Z tape, that whole thing, I'm dropping that shit this summer. Right. So I'm going to get super in my bag. I'll do some pop shit and then... Okay, that's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying because I I think... In my opinion, I feel like you make amazing music work. I've been Thank following you, you since Broad Shoulders. Like I've been following since then. I just want to hear you rap. I feel like the world right. need to. Hit, I think feel like the world need to hit on bars. You know what I mean? So I feel I, you too. Like my homies be saying that shit, and I've been thinking about it a lot. So yeah, the Tay Z tape is definitely gonna drop this summer, and it's like that's also it's like a it's a thing where it's for the respect of the OGs as well. Like I feel like a lot of hip hop folks feel like young people don't really respect Jay Z or like a lot of different folks from that period. But like I think Jay Z is like the best rapper, hands down, ever businessman. And um it's also something that I think will help close that generational gap where it comes to the hip hop artist and you know, and that's like a big thing for me. Like Sway is my homie E bro, like um, Sway fucking love you. I love Sway. Like I love you, you know. Okay. So you skip past this though, who's a better rapper between you and your brother? Uh shit, I'm gonna say me. Fuck, like what the fuck? Chad, you uh, hear that shit, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna you. say me, but um, you know, I really leave it really up to the fans and shit to decide who's a better, who's a better rapper. Like, no, nah, don't get me to that. We was just had this energy. We yeah. talking about hip hop. We talking about hip hop. This ain't no beat. This ain't about hip hop. Yeah, no, nah, that's hip hop. I already said I'm better. That's what you mean. I said that shit again. <laughs> for sure, for you. All right, so we need we need another root track. I need another track when y'all going back and forth and no y'all cap. challenging. For real. Sibling rivalry. Y'all heard it here first. I need that. But uh, no <laughs> I, I need some shit like that. All right, so, T. So we went over the music, went over independent, we went over Taylor as the executive. Uh, we went over actually being independent and artists making your thing is you say artists will make any type of music to get rich. Spoke on that. I'm just really going through all my notes of everything we talked about. We talk about the Tay Z project, Creative Risk, Fatherhood. Yeah, let's touch on fatherhood for sure. Um, how has being a father changed your perspective? 
when it comes to life. It changed my perspective in a lot of ways. Um, being a father showed me that, like, there's a lot of people that when I was, it's just everybody was a baby. Or everybody, like, and I know that sounds funny, but it's like once I had kids, like, and I actually had both of my children, I was like, damn, like, whoever this motherfucker is that could be taller than me or 50 or whatever age they are, they were a baby at some point. Um, and I think that when you're a child, and or at least for me when I was a kid and I didn't have any children, it was always a thing where I felt like I was a kid. Like, and I felt like I didn't really, like, I wasn't an adult. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I think that was, like, the big, like, one of the first big things. Um, and then I think the second thing was, of course, how I uh, view my time and, like, the things that I do. Like, it's like I'm, I always know it some way or somehow I'm, like, working for my children, you know? So it's like even this interview or even, like, whatever it is, it's like how is this benefiting or maybe even taking away from what I could be doing for my children? You know what I'm saying? So in a lot of ways, but I got like an amazing dad, shout out to Kim Bennett, um, and an amazing mom, shout out to Lisa Bennett. So it was like a thing where I just felt like I could, you know, um, be a, be a parent. Mm-hmm. Like, and it also is something where I do understand the importance of it because it made me feel as if it was something that I was always knowing I was going to have to do at some point. You know what I'm saying? How did you know that uh, your girl was the was the right one that you wanted to have your children by? Um, I had known Kayla for like since I was like thirteen, so like I had known her for like a super long time, and I always she's gonna be like, "Why you say that?" I had like this really big crush on her for like a really long time. I gave her her whole nickname, K Cash, mm-hmm. um, but like things were just like really off and on, and they never really worked out for a long time. And then I ended up actually having a situation where me and her were able to spend ample time together and it was like my first tour and then after that we were just together for like two years and that was it <laughs> so yeah and, is there a wedding on the way yeah there is so I we are engaged um the pandemic was crazy as fuck so it kind of like slowed everything down but we're accepting the fact that we're moving from there she wants a house before we get married so we're getting the house now <laughs> and then I guess that's what's coming after that is her plans so, okay, yeah. that's dope now, um, a lot of the interviews that I've studied from you, it's like they, they kept bringing up the, the the shit when you came out in the sand bisexual back then. Um, one, th- one thing I wanted to ask about, like, how how did, did that affect your family, like, your relationship? Did that affect your relationship at all, like, w- when you came out like that? Because at the time, y'all were um, together, right? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I would say not so much so. I think me and my brother and me and my family um, have always had, like, just a variety of different friends and like influences that were around us and shit. So I feel like um, that wasn't as direct. Um, I feel like there were definitely different instances that I had where I had different side piece conversations with different people in my family, like whether it was my grandmother or it was like my brother or my dad or like, so I think at some point everybody got to kind of ask the questions that they wanted to ask me. Um, but, you know, I think I'm extremely blessed to have a family that accepts me for, you know, who I am. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, so I think for me, again, very blessed situation where I feel like my family was like a lot more accepting than typically a lot of families can be. Like I do a lot of work, especially in Chicago with the homeless youth. And the reason why is because a lot of my friends growing up and to this day, people that I don't know. Um, when you come out as LGBTQ to your family, usually, or not usually, but a lot of times, if they don't agree with you, they kick you out. Damn, yeah, real? I know. That's crazy, right? I was just saying this shit on an interview the other day in LA. It's like, when you come out, 
you lose something. And I think there are certain people in our community that lose more, which I'll point them out, trans people, because I think that there's so much um, unexplainable and just ridiculous hate that's really applied to that community of people, whether it be them trying to get jobs or them just trying to find stable or substantial living like in America. But as LGBTQ, I would say like almost all the time you lose something. So like I said, sometimes it could be something all the way up to a job, to your house, or it could just be respect, like you said, from your family, or it could be friends. Um, it's like whenever you do that, as you know, like being gay or being bi or being trans or being any of these things are considered to be different still at this point. That's why there's, you know, the labeling is they have such. Um, so I was like, yeah, like, you know, that's that's a thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you talked about respect. Has anybody ever tried to test your gangster, test your manhood after that? Like after you, like anybody ever tried to try you? Um, not really. And I feel like again, that's why I was at a little bit of a different situation than I think most people are. Whereas I had already, I feel like, pretty much expressed or created the stable group of folks that I wanted around me. Mm-hmm. So it was like the people that were around me at that point were there for love. So it wasn't really so much of a, um, but I do think that's something that definitely applies to just like being a rapper and being bisexual. It's like, how can you be a rapper? if, Like, you know, and I think that that stereotype again comes from, um, and we talked about it earlier, like the stereotypes that have been perpetuated of African-Americans, not even so much through hip hop, but through again, like minstrel shows and, so many other instances where it's almost as if they're trying to say that black men are more aggressive or more whatever than any other man, you know. Right. Reason why I asked you about the testing you questions because I got a homegirl. I think y'all went to school together, or y'all just they can't. All y'all used to hang out after school, but she showed me this video like a year ago, hmm. and y'all was in the gloves. Uh, I was I said somebody in the gloves. And they she like she like, I'm like I'm like, that's Taylor. She like, yeah, that's Taylor. And y'all throwing the gloves and you going. She like, yeah, Taylor wasn't no hoe. She like, Taylor got hands. He you know what I'm saying, I had to put it on a few motherfuckers. So I'm like, damn. Yeah, when I was a kid, uh, you know, something that I was glad to grow out of, but I think a lot of times, especially y'all know in Chicago, is like and I, I'm going to just say that shit, you know, it's not really just Chicago. Like, in a lot of places, you know, it's like a thing where you put on gloves and you fight to get, you know, whatever point across. Or, you know, it's just like you fight to get whatever point across. And I'll just say, I don't think it's the worst thing. I think that there's a point in time where you could just have a fist fight and a fist fight was a fist fight and that was it. Um, I think, unfortunately, you know, due to everything else that's going on, it's not the same. So my biggest message nowadays is really like, Try to not fight. Um, only time you got to fight is to protect yourself and defend yourself, which is, you know, you're right. Um, but always try to, you know, there's ways to level it out. I think a lot of times, even when I won the fights, I, you know, the next day was thinking in my head, like, damn, like, I got to go to school looking like this still. Like, I won. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, for real. So it's like a thing where, you know, whatever seems like the best decision at that moment, you got to always give yourself at least two seconds to think. So I'm glad I was able to, you know, learn that. Man, you gonna, you got a lot of wisdom for them boys, I can tell you that. Cause, but I, I ain't going to lie, though. When I saw the video, I, I didn't I didn't even think that deep into it. I'm like, yo, bro got hands, and he, <laughs> like, shit, all this shit, he, he really wanted them. Like, Love, bro, people don't even know. That. Like, he really yeah. wanted them. So I fucked with it. Thank you, man. I appreciate but it, bro. On a deeper perspective, I can see, well, like, yo, you don't want to. 
No <laughs> violence, kids. We don't want, we don't you know? <laughs> but no, see, I think this was like in like an amazing conversation, bro. Like, thank you, um, man. You know, I'm gonna have to go on for like five minutes and just say like, thank you so much. Like what you do for the city, what this is. Like I remember seeing what's the words Instagram page at 3,000 followers and being like, damn, I gotta follow this shit and I gotta post it because I respect you a lot and I respect mm-hmm. how you feel about the city, about the youth. I respect how you can put different groups of people together in a room. Like I respect how you're always trying to figure out what's the next step for the community. And I love the fact that you don't just report on what's going on in hip hop and in the world, but you report on what's going on in our communities because we are the reason why any of this shit exists, including myself and any other artists that are on any big screens or jumbotrons. And there's a, a love that is definitely felt here that no other city has, and especially nobody else in Chicago has. And it's bigger than any radio station. It's bigger than any TV show because it's a community of people. You know what I'm saying? It's a very, very legitimate thing. I appreciate 100%. that, bro. Since we giving flowers, man, I'm gonna give you your flowers too. I appreciate you inviting me to the photo shoot. And we be talking about bringing the community in Chicago together. Like I seen how you did that shit, and that was just inspiring. Like you got tastemakers, rappers, and everybody to come around and be a part of your photo shoot. And I feel like that was real dope. I don't know if that was thought out and how who strategically planned that shit. I did that shit. I planned all that. I just like I hit you. That's how everything else went out. <laughs> like you, you dope with that shit with the shit with the with the tour. Like I like the way you think, and I you're just a dope brother, man. So keep that shit up, guy. Of for course, real. man. We gonna do a lot of work, man. Real talk, man. man. We gonna for do a lot sure. of work, man. For y'all at home, man. I appreciate y'all locking in with us for this time being. I have my my brother Taylor Bennett in the building. It's Cody Mack. What's the word? And we out. Let's get at Hey. Uh-huh. What's up? What's the word? Uh-huh. My name is Kaya, and I live in Calumet Heights. Lots of people my age think that the booster is unnecessary, but COVID doesn't target any age or race or gender. So I think it's just as important for me as a younger person to get boosted as it is an older person. Also, there's a lot of older people in my neighborhood, so I didn't want to take a chance on exposing them. I think the best way to control COVID is by getting vaccinated and boosted. So that's what I did. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 